Hello, Home Church. Welcome again to our Home at Home services. I'm hoping that you are snuggling in with those connections that you've already made and fellowshipping um, with each other as you eat a meal or share a word. And for those of you who are new, may you leave making deeper connections with others today. We're going to continue to talk today on something that we started in our discipleship class. And I want to encourage you that you need to come along. You're missing out on this wonderful time we're having at Wednesday, Wednesday nights at eight o'clock. Um, give it a go. Come and taste and see and find out for yourself. But you are missing out on this amazing journey that we're on. And I felt led today that I really wanted to share this part with the whole of the church. The title is How to See God. How to See God. John 1 and verse 18 actually says, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and in, is in the closest relationship to the Father, and has made him known to us. So it's telling us here that no one's ever seen God, but yet when we look at Matthew 5 and verse 8, it actually says, Blessed are the pure in the heart for they shall see God. So, if no one's ever seen God but the Son, but how, how, how then is he telling us that when we're pure in heart, we will see God? Let's continue further. I love this version of it in the Amplified. It says, blessed, in other words, anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, are the pure in heart, those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character. So that's the prescription. Integrity, moral courage, a godly character, for they will see God. In the message version, love this, verse 8. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. So you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You see, the Bible tells us that the God of this world has blinded our minds and kept us in darkness so we can't see God. So it's giving us here some indication now that when the word of God comes to us, it creates some kind of illumination. But it's talking here about the heart, and you've probably heard that, that we just mentioned about how the devil has blinded the mind. This is what it's telling us, that actually the heart is referring to the mind, Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as he, you know, a man, you, me, thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, in other words, your heart determines who you are as a man thinks. So it's talking actually not about this organ that pushes and pumps body around, the, 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 the blood around the body. It is actually talking about the mind. So, for as he thinketh in his mind, as you and I think in our minds, that's who we are. You see, we have to understand that the mind has a particular way of working. And we've got to really understand that in order for it to see God, we have to ensure that our minds 
are pure. In fact, we're told here in Luke 6 and 45, in the latter part, he says, out of the abundance of the heart, meaning the mind, the mouth speaks. Have you ever just given somebody a piece of your mind coming out of your mouth? Have you ever been asked to, you know, share your thoughts? And we don't sit here trying to, you know, be Spock of, of Star Trek and we, we communicate uh, subliminally. No, we speak what is going on in our minds. And so this Bible is telling us that, that it's what is in our minds that's going to define how we manifest not only our lives, but how we live. That's why it goes on to say that it's a pure in heart that will see God. So let's go on and see how Jesus continues to make this possible. He says, John 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. What do we speak? We speak words. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. And he goes on to tell us that through him all things are made and, and so on. But let's go to verse 14. And it actually says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the living word. He's God and the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us so that we could behold the word and therefore come to know the Father. Let's look at this in the Amplified. It says here, um, in fact, before we go to that point, we're in a scenario here where it's, God is telling us that through the words that he's speaking to us, he's revealing who he is. And so that we, it's so clear to us the word he is speaking becomes flesh and begins to dwell amongst us and, and speaks to us, declaring the Father. And this is why he gets a bit ticked off, Jesus does, when his disciples are all gathered round him. And, and, and in John 14 and verse 8, Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. You keep talking about your Father. Show us the Father and then we will be satisfied. Jesus says to him, have I been with you for so long a time and you do not know me yet, Philip, nor recognize clearly who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He's clearly ticked off because he's been revealing the Father to them the whole time. And so God might be saying that to you. Are you really seeing him? He's been trying to show and demonstrate who he is. You see, we read uh, biographies today that tell us about a favorite artist or somebody we're interested in and we get an insight and we feel like we know them because the words that they have put on paper has revealed to us who they are. God has done both. He gave us his son as the living word to manifest it physically. And then he's also given us the written word to let us know. You see, it's telling us that here that the word we need to impact our minds is the word of God. 
Let's really look at how the mind works. I want you just to do, do, do me a favor. Just close your eyes right now. And I want you just to imagine that, you, can you see a blue sky? Yeah? Can you see that blue sky? And in that blue sky, there's a sun. Can you see the sun? Right, and now, there's a rainbow. Can you see that rainbow with all the colors, red and yellow and whatever the song is? Can you see that? Now, look at that. So you've got blue sky, you've got the sun, you've got a rainbow. What's missing? Have you got it yet? You should also be able to see some rain. But can we see that through my words, I'm hoping that you followed through, you could see it in your mind. You see, that's what God is telling us. That, that the words, he, the living word, is speaking into our minds. So that by faith, by using what we think the enemy wants to dumb down as, oh, it's just an imagination, it's just a daydream. No, it is the most powerful gift God has given to you that by faith you can see what he is declaring and saying to us. And so he goes on to tell us here that it's by understanding this process that we get to see God. So can I tell you why your mind is under attack? Because the Bible tells us that the God of this world has blinded our minds lest we come to the knowledge of the truth. So he will confuse us and tell us that there's no way that there was a God that could create this universe and create the whole creation stories and myth and yet convince you that it simply happened from a big bang. And they teach it and give you all the, the, the information and the words so that you can see it, you have pictures around it, and, and of course you can see this. Now, God is telling us here that this power we have to see him comes about when we hear his word. When we read his biography, we then see God. And when we see God, we can become like him because it's the equivalent of watching a dance instructor perform a move and you can see the action, you can see how it's done and then you mimic, you follow that pattern. So God has given us instructions, he's given us a word, pretty much like you get a cookbook. You read the words and then you perform an action. You read the words, a thought goes off in your mind and you perform an action. When we read the word of God, it tells us that we see God. So why do you think the devil is after your mind? Yes, you come back. The mind drifts, always under attack. Thoughts that come into your head that were never your thoughts. And so you have to remember that not every thought that comes into your head is your thought, but what you choose to think on will determine what you see. So you see, the Bible tells us about this mind and this battle that's going on. Jeremiah 17 tells us, the heart, meaning the mind, is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You don't even understand your own mind. I don't know why I'm thinking that. I don't know why I said that. You ever had those phrases? It just came out. 
Sometimes we don't even understand ourselves, but the Creator, our God, understands you. And that's why there are certain things He's speaking to you to help you understand who you really are. David had a solution to this. And he says in Psalms 119 in verse 11, he says, I've hidden your word in my heart, in other words, in my mind, that I might not sin against you. So in other words, God, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take your words. It's what Jesus, what God actually said to the children of Israel when they were kept coming, out, coming out of Egypt. And he gave them the commandments and he said, write them on the fleshy table of your heart. In other words, write them in your mind. Memorize them. David said, I've hidden. You know what? All those thoughts keep coming and they keep flooring me. They're getting me to do all kinds of things. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hide your word in there. So that I won't, and I've got something to fight against all the thoughts, the news, the, the things you're seeing, the, all the promiscuous stuff that's throwing itself at you, this image, that image, that word. We use the word of God so we see him. We allow ourselves to be led by him. Most of us have a very critical mind. We all do. You know that voice that will often talk you down, tell you that you're not good enough? tell you that people are laughing at you, making up all kind of criticism. And often it can be a voice that, that's created by your parents. And we internalize it and becomes this inner voice. Have you ever had this conversation where you can actually hear yourself thinking? It's that inner voice. And often that inner voice is harnessed by the enemy. And he's telling you all these critical things. This is never going to work. You don't really love me. I know you're just saying that. Yeah, I know what you're really thinking. And I've not said anything. Nobody really cares. See, see. And you're, you're, it will bombard you and tell you all kinds of negative things that you're not good enough, that it's not going to happen. Did God really say it's what the enemy has always been putting to us. And often these critical voices add to the trauma in our life because that thought leads to an emotion. You've ever got up thinking, oh, I don't feel really good today. I don't feel like getting out of bed today. And oh, and then you feel low. And then that feeling adds another thought and the thought adds another feeling. And before long, you're like, oh my gosh, it's one day into the next. And you just feel like you're bound. Because the thought and the emotion now become operating in tandem. And a lot of you are experiencing those critical voices that every time you want to do good, every time you want to move forward, it keeps coming back and telling you, no, you can't make it. Keep telling you, you know, you really want to do this. No, come on. You're, you know, you deserve this sin. You deserve that flaw. Or you deserve to think, well, actually, yeah, why shouldn't you, you know, do what you want to do? You know, you need love and nobody cares about you and you've got to do something to make yourself feel good. It's going to do whatever it takes to bombard you so that you don't see God. But do what David did, hide the word in your heart. And often these critical thoughts, as I said, they form this pattern that years down the line, they're still impacting you, you know, and sometimes taking to the grave that same emotion. That's why people end up relapsing or going back into things because the mind takes you back there. 
So you've got to get yourself into a place where, how do I fight this? So that my mind will always see God. That when the enemy wants to blot out and put me in that dark and awful place or tell me that I'm not who he says I am, I can turn around and say, actually, it's a lie. I've seen what my father says about me. I can see God in this moment. You see, worry and anxiety creates all this knots. Have you ever felt that? Somebody gives you some bad news and you feel like the, the bottom of your stomach drops out or you've got something happening tomorrow and you're so nervous that you feel like, oh, my stomach's in knots. Literally, it's because your intestines, they begin to wrap themselves around each other. And it creates knots in the stomach. Physically, a thought, a word that has happened in here has now manifested physically. You know, you're, you're, you're so, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, and now my hands are shaking. Oh, you're trying to stop them shaking, why? But the thought is making it happen. And that's why God is telling us here that the mind is this heart, this center that we have to control because out of it, the Bible tells us, that we speak and I love this solution that we find in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and to 8 it says you know when you're going through all of this stuff this bombardment of the mind he says don't be anxious or worried about anything but in everything every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving Continue to make your requests known before God. So it doesn't have to be a begging. It can be simply say, God, your word is so true. I'm so excited that what you've declared, I can see it by faith and I now receive it. And so we begin to use the word and he goes on to say in seven, and the peace of God, that peace which reassures your heart, the mind, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace, which stands guard over your thoughts, because this is a word instead of a heart, and your mind in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, this is a prescription. Whatsoever things are true, this is what you do. Think on, is it true? No, it's a lie. Don't think about it. Whatever thing is honorable and worthy of respect, it's disrespectful to you. It's not even describing who you are. You know, you, you, you throw it out, whatever is right. And confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. In other words, center your mind on them and implant them in that central part of you. Then in all those moments, who do you see? You see God. You see your Father manifesting. You see His way. You see His plans. You see His vision. Romans 12 and 2, this is what it tells us. It's like changing your clothes to become something different. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world the way it wants you to think. The way it wants to throw the news and the bad stuff at you and telling you that's news. We never hear the good news. But Jesus Christ is the good news. 
Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to detest and to approve what God's will is, his good and pleasant and perfect will. You see, that's why it means that pure before him, before God, utterly sincere people will see God in the moments of crisis when everybody is, is panicking and worrying. What do you see? You see God. When they're saying it's not going to work, you see God. When they're saying we're going to fail, you see God. When they're saying actually, you know, everything about what's happening today is really going to implode. You know, the economy is going to fall apart. We're going to have nothing. What happens? You see God who says that when you seek him first, he will take care of everything else. That's the word. Let the word cultivate your mind. In other words, transform your mind that you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, that you're thinking something. Is that God's will? Because you've got the word. I can say, no, that's not God's will. Ah, this is. So you get the choice to see God. So that every time you close your eyes, you see God. When you wake up in the morning, you see God. On your job, wherever you are, you learn how to see God because his word will be hidden in your heart. I want to encourage you today that the more we fellowship with his word, the more we choose what he says over what our thoughts might tell us and we filter our thoughts through his word we will always see his outcome as the conclusive end maybe you're here today and you're wanting to change your life you keep relapsing into that awful sin, relapsing into that thing that has you addicted or bound. But can I tell you that the mind needs to change and only the word of God can change your mind. But through faith, you can receive that today. Through faith, you can be set free today. You simply have to believe the word that God tells you that he is the king of kings and lord of lords, that all power is given to him. And today there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, that our God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that you would not perish but have everlasting life. The son, the living word, came to reveal the father to us a father who loves us, a father who cares whether you live or die, a father who cares whether you succeed or fail, a father who cares whether you are loved or hated. He's saying, I love you. You simply have to say, Jesus, living word, come into my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Cleanse me. And forgive me, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Help me change this mind that I can see God. If you prayed that prayer by faith, just like how you heard the words and you could see the sun and you could see the sky and you could see the rainbow and see what was missing. By faith, you hear the word and you believe. I want to encourage us as a church 
That we are going to be so wrapped in the word of God that we understand who we are and know that the pure in heart will see God. In other words, when our minds are filled with the knowledge of who he is, we will see our God high, lifted up. We'll see him closer than any friend and with us always. Matthew 5 and 8, the TPT version, what bliss you experience when your heart is pure. For then your eyes will open to see more and more and more of God. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they, you, me, will see God. May our Father bless you. And may you have a fresh revelation of who he is as the word ministers to your heart. God bless you. I will walk with you.